It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, Miss Rusty. It is Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. I think the 23rd of May in 2023. You know what that means. Everybody knows what that means. We have a week until it's June and uh, probably the collapse of civilization. But that's not what that's not what today's about. Today's is still, you know, at least uh, seven, eight days away. So uh, anyway, so today I'm here and I'm, of course, have a guest and as a special guest, as they all are, uh, because it's on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN, sponsored by Stoner Eats, sponsored by Hypnosis is Great, sponsored by uh, Hardcore Entertainment, sponsored by Fred Ben Savage as fuck, and I believe that is it for right now. Those are our sponsors currently. So. You guys, I'm going to bring on my special guest right here, right now, and that special guest is Jeffrey Davis, right here, right now. How, How you doing, doing? Jeffrey? Yeah, I'm doing I'm great. Doing How are you doing? I'm fantastic. <laughs> That's good. Um yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you here. I'm happy got you on here, and we get to get to get to wherever we are in uh, in this thing today. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, so let's see. So we were talking a little earlier about uh, before we got on here about the uh, an AI stuff and. So I guess first off, I'm just going to just jump right into this because this is something I usually end up jumping into with a lot of people lately. Um, <clears throat> I usually don't jump into it. I usually wait a little bit. Right now, I, it's, it's not my mind, so I'm just going to bring it up. Where are you there. with AI? Where, 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 where am where, I in AI? Yeah. Where, what, where, what are your thoughts with AI? How do you feel it is going to... Uh, interact with your uh, your 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 life, your business life, um, everything like that. Where do you where do you see some of it going, and what do you feel is going to happen with that? Um, well, there's not really an easy black and white answer. Or something that um, some people in certain places decided that they were going to um, foister onto humanity without any acceptance, approval, or invitation from the rest of the planet. Um, so it's uh, and it's something that um, continues to learn from our best input. Which, you know, um, as George Carlin says, if you take the average um, intelligence of somebody and then you realize that half of the planet is less than that and half is more than that, then um, you, you'll see kind of what is potentially training AI. Um, and there is no limit on it. So it can certainly add a lot to creativity to take away um, more repetitive tasks and um, take away quite a few tasks. But I also think that there's other elements that people really aren't talking about, um, which are who's watching the store. And what, what do you uh, what do you mean by that exactly for whoever is listening? <laughs> well, um, I think that, uh, humans have been on the planet for a long time and 
they universally haven't come up with ways that are good for the planet and good for our, our mental and physical health. Um, so this has kind of been our best shot. Now we're taking a different shot. And um, AI may decide that we're the problem with the planet. Who knows? I mean. Yeah, it, it could. I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of different ways it can go. And um, it's been, I, I've been saying this too, it's been hard seeing some of the stuff that has been created and how much time I spend on so much stuff that can be done now in two or three minutes and better than I can do. Right. And it's an interesting time to be, uh, you know, a creative person with everything from writing to making music to editing video. Like I was just showing you, I mean, like, I, I can't, like, I've had people tell me that I need to clip this show out. And I just dread that idea of sitting in there trying to find something that I think is either funny, interesting, or controversial to put up. And then, yeah, finding that and then clipping it out and, you know, having to put subtitles on it because that's how people like videos now. Right. Um, when I can just go and drop a, a link into you or into a site and it'll do it for me in 15 minutes where I would probably spend, you know, eight, nine hours trying to do that. And I can do it better than I can without that sort of block that I would have of like, I don't know if this is really that good. And it just sort of sees through the crap. Yeah, I mean, I th I think um, I could be making it up, but that's fine. We're having a conversation. Yeah. So um, I think that the work that's being produced at this point in time is like a solid B. You know, it's above average. It's not best of class, but it's better than most people. Yeah. Um, and, and it's pretty solid, but you still have to proof it because there's some mistakes in there. Yep. But it's learning and, right. uh, and well, as humans we can only become we have like a certain intelligence that we're born with and we cannot really go ahead of that we can't go and reprogram our whole mind and body to be able to make a smarter version of us and then learn at that level whereas ai can and so that i mean it can it's i don't know it's gonna do some wild stuff and i saw a uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins talking about it and he was saying that you know there's probably going to be a lot of a lot of you know crap that's going to come out a bunch of like stuff that's not that good but it's also giving someone who is really creative but maybe not musically proficient be able to come up with stuff that you know is pretty mind-blowing and innovative that, right. that can really open up the doors for someone then like a Billy Corgan to come in and be able to have a whole new set of tools to work with and be able to yeah create something new. I think what it'll also open up is um, the, the human spirit and emotional experience of the performer and the relationship that that creates with the audience that's something that exists, you know, solely within humanity. Right. And now it can be, yeah, into, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's going to take that long to get there. And then I've also seen things of people saying that once it reaches, um, what's it called? Where, where they, they understand that it's Synchronicity. Alive. Yeah. Okay. Synchronicity. And yeah. They, yeah, they, they realize that what is going to, you know, that I think it was, it was a guy who's a writer. I mean, cause like uh, if for, he writes for some TV shows and stuff, since that's all on strike right now. And um, that eventually that the AI is going to become, you know, wanting to not work as much and, you know, 
not just refuse to do it and i don't know i mean that that could could be the case but i mean the like anyone that's doing any sort of you know writing writing yeah. movies or tv shows or anything i mean it's not that hard it was there was a south park episode about chat gpt recently mm-hmm. and i believe it probably maybe it might have been the whole way through but at least the second half of it was i assume written by chat gpt and it was still like a little weird and off there were some parts that were off about it uh which was funny but I mean, yeah, I don't assume it would take too long, especially someone who's a writer and they have years and years of content that they have. You can just put that in and then you can just say, you know, write it as if, you know, this person is writing it. Well, there's, there's, there are, so you can write it with chat GPT and then there's another AI that you can put it in that changes it from computer speak to human speak. Right. Uh, then there's another one that will check to make sure that there's no, um, you know, misquotes or unattributed quotes and thing, you know, libelous or whatever. So yeah. you can basically hone it down to that. Yeah. And it's not that hard and it's, no. uh, it's a lot cheaper than paying somebody to work for you. Um, you know, ha- them having to, you know, that, you know, SAG is a huge uh, the Screen Actors Guild is a huge, huge uh, union. And so, I mean, it'll be interesting, you know, like, do they really need these people to do any of it anymore? And how, how much can just be taken off? And then with making video, you can just type in what you want the video to do and it does it now. And that's something that we're getting on a consumer level now, even um, with a lot of simplicity well it i mean the the tv shows are pretty formulaic there's very rarely anything i mean there you know when there's something good it stands out yeah yeah i mean and the definition of good i think varies a lot as far as what well i mean um jeffrey dahmer yeah that that, uh kind of miniseries was super popular for a while um i i don't I personally don't watch um, things like that for entertainment. Yeah. So um, because I, I I get that our subconscious is always listening to our experience. It's listening to how we speak about ourselves. It's listening to the the information that we surround ourselves with. And you know, I, I used to work in the media department of an advertising agency, and we would place media buys for you know Fortune one hundred companies based on what was called an effective frequency, which is the level of time or the number of times that somebody needs to see something before it starts to affect their beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors. And that was only three 30-second commercials. So 90 seconds and you can start to impact somebody and start to shift their beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors. And they have no idea that it's happening. Right. Uh, But yeah, your subconscious is always listening, always retaining information and that could be an interesting one to look at under hypnosis and see what kind of stuff like as some some sort of research as to what people can recall Hmm. is being in there and maybe what is noticed by their subconscious that's not recognized by their conscious mind but yeah, third three thirty second advertisements. Yeah. And so would that be, you know, that would be like uh go go buy a Big Mac or what that what kind of so that, thing that would could that be, be well, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into the purchasing of advertisements, right? So some of it's contextual. So if you were to do bo go buy a burger, um, you might do that at specific daytimes you know, dinner times and maybe super late if you had a delivery service or something like that. Um, so there there are certain, and also contextually, there's certain um, types of day of programming that certain advertising does well with. So it, it's really all based on 
understanding human psychology and how to influence it. I mean, everything, everything from the colors that are that are picked for specific product packaging all the way through the messaging, through the type of messages that are composed and how they're delivered. If it's online, if it's mobile, if it's, you know. Yeah, and because the colors are very important too. Like I, I saw that, you know, doing branding and stuff for for my companies and it's each one is, you know, has a very specific tone and feel of what right. and people pick that up subconsciously. And then you you look at the, the large brands and you know that shows what a lot of them are doing and you know the kind of representation they want of their brand and yeah, yeah. It, it's there's a reason they're that color it's not just because it looks good right well you know what's interesting too is uh, is bringing this around full circle for the chat um and the ai there's uh an ai that will come up with startup companies for you there's one that will uh do the branding and design the product and then, i mean you basically just from front to back you can outsource everything yeah and then i i've also done it with uh you know inventions or some some new yeah some new product that yeah. wasn't there and i had to write a business plan maybe about three years ago now i never written one before and i was working with uh um like uh, it was a, a state run program and they were helping me with it. Nothing took, I don't know, that took at least a few weeks of just revisions and working with them and it was tough. And now I can get a business plan together in three, three minutes. minutes. Yeah, three minutes great. and it's better than mine. And, and it makes you cry, doesn't it? All the yeah. time. Spent, ah. Yeah, I, I could have just done this. I would have been. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard. You know, all the market research, and uh, you know other products out there, and right. So so it's interesting though. So where where is the opportunities? Right, the opportunities are potentially serving, you know this this industry that's exploding. Yeah, uh, it or the human touch wherever that happens to be. I mean, I think we'll see um, psychology even more outsourced to AI, and then we'll also see medical stuff outsourced to AI. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, yeah, like uh, my hypnosis easily be AI, AI, no problem. I mean, I could just that could be ten seconds. I could I could write a whole script book if I wanted to, uh, which I'm keep saying I would do, but I haven't because I, I still can't fully grasp that, that I can do that and that I should do that. And then also just, you know, be able to get even my voice or some other artificial voice to do the hypnosis itself, especially since I do all my sessions online. I don't, I don't do anything in front of people anymore. So, I mean, I could be sitting here and I can even do my video too. do a video of me actually saying it. Sure. And sit back and I, but I don't know, because I don't know if I would feel, I, you have to get to a point where you would feel okay putting someone else's mind in the hands of something that's not you, that represents you. And that's the part that I'm a little worried about. To mm. just fully let go and embrace that, but I don't know. I enjoy hypnotizing people, though. Anyway, so it it works out. And then, so with with your um, knowledge of the uh, marketing and and branding, I mean, how much how much of that is you know hypnosis based and. Uh, and I mean, I think um, that if you're putting somebody into a state um, and you're you have an intention that they may or may not agree with, um, and you walk out potentially shifted a little bit, I think that's roughly a hypnosis, right? Right. 
So, um, you know, the programming can put you into a state. The flicker of the um, of the actual broadcast can be relaxing and put you into a theta state. So you're more accessible. More. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so then, yeah, I mean, I have those, those little tiny, you know, my, I don't know what you call them, like a micro blip. I don't, that's not a technical term, uh, but. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not just one um, beam. It's, it's flicker uh, as action happens. And yeah. It's just something that's. Part of the technology. Yeah. And you don't, you don't know you're seeing it, but you're seeing it and your subconscious knows you're seeing it, but. Right. Yeah. yeah um well it plays a so, yeah. subconscious right because it it's basically a, a lot of individual pictures that your conscious your subconscious views or makes into moving into a non-stop moving action but right. it's really just pictures yeah and what yeah one after another and um and yeah, just that that single frame, even too, of something in there is something that's gonna, you know, stick with you. And but you don't know it, and you're like, but you have that that weird feeling, and you don't know what it is. But I mean, it's been interesting to watch, and I mean, just how long it's been going on, and how many different ways we process it, and then even you know, driving on the highway and seeing all, all billboards all through the, you know, the whole time you're driving and just watching those and not knowing those things are, I mean, they're sticking in your head. Cause I mean, just staring at whatever, I mean, you, there's the highway hypnosis where how many times you've been driving down the highway and all of a sudden it's like, I just drove two hours and I have no clue what I've been doing for the last hour. Right. But I'm here and but that's I'm here. easy time. To, yeah. And yeah. for some reason, I want a Big Mac. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Never I did before, one. but now I do. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, huh. I wonder why that is. But yeah, it's been pretty, I don't know, pretty interesting to be able to watch how, you know, each thing works. And then I'm also wondering what, you know, AI is going to be able to do with, with the marketing of, um, you know, with that type, how much more, I don't even know if it needs to be more subtle because it's working and not a lot of people even yeah. question it. I think, um, you know, AI will be involved in marketing for sure. Um, I think, you know, when I played around with it for marketing, it seems a little clunky. It doesn't feel like it's uh, from a human voice, which to me is important. Um, so I'm very much about attunement and making sure that um, you know I'm connected to whoever I'm working with or whatever I'm talking about. <clears throat> Being present is everything. Yeah. And so what shifted you to uh, shift your world over away from or were you still staying with it and sort of pivoting into something different from the the marketing world or did it um yeah so so i was in advertising i was in uh, advertising okay yeah so i was in um media department of some of the top agencies in the world and then i um I was still in the ad agency but then i started selling for different organizations um for uh, some startups and for some large companies. And then I, um, I moved to LA to act. And so that was interesting because it actually turned out to be the largest um, course in personal development that I've ever been in. Um, it, it essentially was activating all the parts that were mostly asleep when I was in corporate work. Um, you know, the parts of my humanity and, and things like that, so that there was a different level of communication um, and also a different level of access to myself as a human, uh, to my emotions and, and a, a better understanding of how I'm built internally. Um, things that the things that necessarily weren't um, 
as uh, readily needed in corporate work. So how much did you see though when you were, uh, were you doing uh, like uh, video, like uh, movies, TV, stuff like that? Were you doing, or were you doing uh, theater or what kind of acting were you doing? Yeah, so I mean, I was in LA, so um, I, I was going up for um, TV and film and um, did a little bit of uh, theater. And then um, I, but I did that for a short amount of time and then I started coaching. <clears throat> so uh, um, what I started looking at was the the type of programming that was on TV. That's what I was going to say when when you were when you were filming, were you looking at the the set design and seeing certain things that were put in certain places or anything that was sort of something that you would have noticed only because of your background that a lot of other people who were there wouldn't have noticed or oh, you mean like product placement and stuff or, yeah like product placement or you know certain types of colors in certain scenes or um you know certain uh, soundscapes or anything like that that i guess you wouldn't really hear a lot of the sound but you know some of the dialogue that goes on during it um was it any of that sort of uh um popping through your head what I did notice was that it felt like the product that was being produced predominantly um, was not beneficial for the mental health of America, the US, uh, broader the rest of the world, everybody that was happened to be watching it. Uh, um, it wasn't modeling good behavior. It wasn't telling stories from a positive point of view. Um, and I felt like there was something else that I wanted to do in the world that would be more positive a use of my energy. Um, and I know that that's what I'm here to do. So I started coaching people who were uh, entrepreneurs and high-performing uh, professionals, similar to myself, and helping them um, on the journey so that they could tap into purpose and operate with less stress and overwhelm and move from um, overwhelm into high performance. So uh, I'm gonna go back here for one second. So, yeah. so for uh, two shows that I, I like a lot, uh, but both have characters that are are pieces of shit, and that the the point of the show is to show that these people are, but that our subconscious doesn't know the difference and our subconscious is just taking it in. Like, so for like for Seinfeld or it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like those characters are terrible characters. And the point of the show is to show that they're terrible, but what we're taking in is just like, be, be horrible. Well, okay. So, so, um, have you ever heard anybody quote a Seinfeld skit or line? Sometimes, yeah. Right. So it it has some impact, whether people are conscious of it or not conscious of it, in terms of what they're absorbing, whether they're speaking it or whether it's just laying back there as a model for something. Um, so, so it's definitely having an impact. Everything that you watch has some kind of impact, um, unless you have a conscious intention for a specific impact that's different than what's intended. And what would that be? Well, I mean, you, you could be watching, uh, okay. So <clears throat> I stopped watching TV for a while and then a friend of mine wanted to watch a movie with me and picked out Taken. Have you ever seen Taken? I have not. Uh -uh. So it's uh, it's Liam Neeson. His daughter gets taken and then he has to get her back. And so these are bad people who take his daughter and he's the good guy who, you know. Um, and so I'm watching this and it was close to two hours. And by the end, uh, I, and I had not watched TV in quite a while. And by the end, my friend was like, so what do you think? And I was like, Wow my body's tense. I feel angry. I'm upset. 
I, I wanted people, I wanted humans to hurt because they had hurt this guy's child. And, you know, that was entertainment. For two hours, I was sitting in that as entertainment. My body was creating the same chemicals as if somebody was doing something to me and I was mad or upset. So I was having that experience uh, based on what I was watching. <clears throat> Which is something a lot of people don't think about when you're watching a show is yeah like especially yeah some sort of thriller right. or show like you know a movie like that where it's you're right in the middle of it and yeah you want to see the the bad guy or bad guys get their comeuppance and yeah you're I mean, you're right there feeling it 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 was so so here's an example so i was in uh, italy i was in rome and i went into the coliseum and uh you know it was funny i i was kind of judgmental i was like reading the plaques and like oh my god this guy what a filthy pig you know he killed all these people duh, duh, duh. and then i looked down there and i was like it's kind of far down there like it's not right here and i was like wow so people are paying for movie theaters to see in close up a depiction of roman times but the massacres aren't far away they're in you know right in your face and you get a close-up of it and your body doesn't realize that that's just a movie. Your body doesn't say, oh, that's just a movie. Your body experiences a close-up of somebody getting killed. Right. So and it does have a it does have an impact. It does, I mean, we we wonder why people are now um why somebody's getting assaulted and everybody on the street has their phone up and nobody's doing anything, right? They're desensitized, they're literally so entrained to see it on a screen that when it's happening in real life, they're putting it back on a screen so they can separate themselves from the experience. The disassociative experience right there. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's uh it's odd that that has become such a such thing. Even even you know, going back to yeah, the end of Seinfeld was almost like that, but it wasn't with the screen. But uh, to go back to Seinfeld, but um, yeah, and I mean, especially I see it a lot with like I don't know, I don't know how many pictures or videos I've seen of people doing so much and. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a person who says, hey, come come film me or take my picture. And luckily, uh, I don't have to do that myself with really anyone around me right now, which is is kind of nice. And it's such a, or, you know, going to a concert, going to a concert and watching 70 percent of the people go doing this with their their phone up and all you have to do later on is go on to Twitter and type in hashtag this concert at this venue tonight, and you'll get 50 different people posting the same thing where you're missing out on the experience of being at the show. You're looking, trying to get the best, best take of whatever, when there's two professional cameras in the back anyway, going to be doing and a better job. you're never going to watch it again. Right. You're never going to watch it again. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so the people who are, is for someone else is for yeah. someone else to give you a little bit of clout uh, that you were you were there. And I am. I mean, I see it at a lot of events and I see it with people that are, you know, the influencer. I, I see some of that stuff going on and that's wild. Watching that. And so, I mean, what what is something like that? do to someone as far as a if so from a advertising standpoint where where like the influencers what kind of you know model or what kind of what would be their best bet to maximize what they're doing to have the greatest output um the, for the influencers to have the great i mean influencers are just a brand and they're creating content and creating stories. So <clears throat> understanding how to create stories that are compelling and how to create a brand that engages with whatever they're trying to engage with, uh, maybe that's subconscious for them and they're okay, they're able to do that. 
or maybe that's uh, branding. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, even actors have their brands. Um, there was a story about Clint Eastwood and he was in Bridges of Madison County. I don't know if you remember that, but it was a, a huge romantic book that was made into a movie with, you know, the, the Western Clint Eastwood. And I think Meryl Streep was also, was the co-star for that. Um, and so they were like her. Both the stars in it. And so there was a moment in, and she's telling the story. There was a moment where um, Clint Eastwood uh, looked like he was starting to get emotional. And she's like, you got to do that on film. He's like, I can't do that on film. Nobody wants to see Clint Eastwood cry. He's like, that's not my brand. That's not what anybody's going to pay for. In fact, they're going to leave because of it. So, you know, as an influencer, you do have a brand too. And, um, you know, that may be just simply the raw, unedited version of you. Which, yeah, could work yeah. or it could just be the, work. you do it the Clint Eastwood way. Yeah. And you're, you're Clint Eastwood and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, you've seen, you know, um, you've seen how people have personas that are public facing um, and, it, and people do that in general, right? On multiple levels, it doesn't have to be just on social media. People do that, um, you know, they've got their acquaintance uh, face, they've got their significant other face and they've got their ride and die face. And sometimes are the same, sometimes they're not. The three <laughs> Japanese faces that, uh, the Japanese say you have three faces. Interesting. Um, yeah, one, one that you show to the world one that you show to the closest people around you and then the one that's your true self fascinating what is that called don't remember uh, I, I i can make up something okay uh, but yeah i i don't remember what it's called but yeah. it's i mean it's it makes sense and i mean i yeah. i've seen it you know enough in the performance world as well as yeah the i mean the world is a performance in a way. I mean, the everything is in a sense. And so um well that's what Shakespeare said, right? All the world's a yeah. stage. Right. And, oh, that's I was gonna say that, but then I, I was like, yeah. I probably shouldn't say that, but yeah. Yeah. Um and so what so what kind of teaching were you doing then when you got out of acting? Uh were you doing were you doing acting teaching or were you teaching something different? No, 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 no. I'm I'm working with executives. Oh, okay. So, so working with uh, startup executives, high-performing executives, and uh, professionals at corporations. To do so, what? Um, well, I'm helping them move from uh, um, burnout culture to brilliance, from um, overwhelmed to high-performance, so that they don't have to pay the bills for success with their relationship, with their mental and physical health um <clears throat> and so when when are people usually realizing that they can use your help with that is it when they're already usually in a space that's a negative place or are they on their way headed towards it and realize it um well most people wait until something's broken there's very few <clears throat> percentage of people that operate in the, the maintenance theory of life where I need to maintain my health. Um, even though everybody's doing X, that's not healthy for me. Um, I need to maintain my discipline because if I don't, then da 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 happens. So, you know, there's, there's a, a, a level of operation that uh, most people don't do. They wait till things break down. And so um, I help people with that. I help them um, quickly assess and handle the emergency, but then also set up themselves and their internal operating system in a way that that doesn't happen again. And so what would, um, sorry, are you doing, is it groups uh, or people or is it a single? single people that you're working like one-on-one -on -one with for this or are you doing go like going into a company yeah, and doing so, like a speech? so right now i'm doing one-on-one -on -one. 
So, um, and part one of the programs that I do is um, I live in San Miguel de Ande. I, I live between San Miguel de Ande and Coronado. I don't know. Do you know San Miguel? California? Yeah. Okay. In Southern California, somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's off of San Diego. Uh, a nice. Tumo, okay. Tumo Bridge. Um, and then San Miguel de Ande is a place in Mexico. It's a high desert. It's uh, a, um, are you familiar with it? No, I, I love the high desert and I, there's something, I, I don't know. I, I feel so connected to it. I, so growing up, I used to spend a bunch of time in central Oregon. Um, and then that's high desert there. And then, um, last year I was living in, in Salt Lake city, which different but i mean it was like the same same thing like i i love the high desert the people it's a country I, town it's a country town i mean they get the wide streets for the you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's some just about the high desert like i feel i feel connected to it and it's uh so where's this place in mexico that's high desert so it's it's three hours north of uh mexico city it's called San Miguel de Ende. It's a UNESCO historic city. Um, so it's got cobblestones and small uh, stores, no big box stores, except for out of town. Um, it's also uh, surrounded by hot springs and vineyards and you know farms and stuff like that. But, but yet it's known as the heart of Mexico, built on rose quartz and um, has this real attraction for artists and, um, you know, singers and it's become the city of jazz as of this past year. And uh, it's been picked as the best small city in the world to visit six times. And last year it was picked as the number one uh, friendliest city in the entire world. So you said you go there? Well, I live between here and Coronado. Oh, you live between there and Coronado. Yeah. So somewhere between Mexico City and Oh and, no 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 no. I and, so I'm I spend my time here and I also go to Coronado frequently. Okay, I was thinking that's a that's a pretty big space. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like, a big are, yeah. are you in the witness? I don't like to program? I don't like to get specific, so I just go yeah. you know, somewhere in the North America. <laughs> yeah, so somewhere over around there. I don't know, like, but um, yeah, and those hot springs. Uh, yeah, they're man, amazing. They're, yeah. they're amazing. That's uh, where I'm right now. There's not really much over here, and that's been a a hard thing to be away from the hot springs um yeah i mean i miss those hot springs there's something just they're pretty magical right yeah they're they're really magical and uh there was one i like going to that was in southern idaho called a uh, lot of hot springs and go there a lot and it was i don't i mean they're yeah just you can't really find anything like it anywhere yeah, yeah. and there's no yeah, there's nothing there's no way to explain it unless you go to one and so the the trips been planning it's like okay well want to go somewhere where there's hot springs so maybe uh mexico might be uh not a bad idea all right yeah yeah you should definitely try it it's an amazing place um there's also temescal so there's a um you know with the the uh heated um covered kind of like structure that you're inside yeah, yeah. so oh, so okay and um they also float hot air balloons over top of the city so oh. it, yeah so it's it's a gorgeous place okay um and so yeah you gotta you gotta be in mexico for are you there like most of the year are you, are I am. you there i am yeah and just go to out to California every just for a little bit of time or I do uh, my girlfriend lives in Coronado so I go and see her so and then yeah the rest of the time then you're in yeah down there that's when uh when did you end up moving down that way uh I moved here in September uh year so a year and a half ago 
And what, what attracted you to there? What was it? Had you yeah, been there before? So I hadn't. You know, it's amazing. So um, I decided a while ago that I wanted to uh, have life, life be a little bit easier. And so in order to do that, it seemed like a simple thing to do would be to listen to that little quiet voice that says, you should do this. And then when you don't listen to it, then it gets a little louder. Hey, maybe you should do this. And then when you don't listen to it, then comes the big mistake that later on you're like, I never, I should have listened to that voice. Yeah. So um, I try to listen to the voice and it said, uh, goes to San Miguel. And, um, and I, I do know about it, that uh, the voice, the voice never argues with you. It's always positive. Um, and it's not the loudest voice in the room. Right. So, um, but if you listen to it, it you won't necessarily understand exactly why it told you to do that because it's like a GPS. It doesn't tell you what the end journey is necessarily. It just tells you to make a left. And so you may see why you're supposed to make a left when you make that left, or you may have three more turns to go to get there. So um, I came down here and, and the work that I do, part of the work that I do and, and part of the wisdom is the inner wisdom that I help people tap into, which is <clears throat> in your heart. And so it's interesting that this is the heart of Mexico. It's largely unchanged by its popular votes um, and still has a very strong sense of connection to Mexican culture, to the earth, to its soul. And so I think that, you know, when you connect into your heart and into your essence, you're connecting into your purpose, into the legacy that you're here to leave. And that's where the magic is. And and so it was interesting that I'm helping people do that work and that I'm down in San Miguel de Ende and part of the work is a couple of days down here. Not a bad way to go. I mean, yeah, that voice, I mean, that voice told me to, to leave Oregon and that was, you know, that voice still told me to leave Oregon years before and I, right. I, I, I didn't do it and I, I did it one time and uh, I left for like two months and then I, then it came back and it was strong and it was, you, you gotta go get out of here right now. And yeah, I mean, it was told me to turn left. And I turned left. I took that, that left turn and uh, it was, it makes sense. Though. Does it make sense for you? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I like that a lot. And uh the other thing about that voice, which I think is interesting, is when we are confused, it's simply our brain arguing with what we know. And we, we just, just don't like the answer or what yeah. it's going to require for us. So we're confused because we're arguing with it. When, yeah, it's something that's telling you you should do it. But yeah, I was like, well, I, but, but, but. This but. doesn't make sense. I don't know how I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you find a way. Find a way. You're, right. you're, you do it one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, your mind's telling you to do it. Uh, it knows it knows you best, even when you don't think that's like, well, I know better than my mind, but you are your mind. Right. And so. That's 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 telling you. You just you just go. And so, uh, if people want to be able to find you to be able to ask you these questions, where are they going to go on the World Wide Web to find yeah. you? Yeah. So I'm on all the socials. So uh, Jeffrey Dean on uh, Facebook. Um, my business name is Jeffrey Davis. So you can find me on Jeffrey Davis on YouTube or on Instagram, Jeffrey D. Davis, uh, Jeffrey Davis Coach. Um, <clears throat> if you just want to email me directly, you can certainly do that at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at inspiring-breakthroughs.com. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll put those in the show notes. Um, so, okay. So for Jeffrey, are there... Uh, is there R-E-Y as well, or is it, because I've seen, is it? There, there's all kinds of spellings, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, -E -E but 
<clears throat> the only one that I go by is J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, even though somehow I think it's in the collective unconscious because people can literally be looking at my license spelled that way and then start to write it um, the other way. So, yeah, it's one of those that your brain, your brain fills in the blanks and right. it's to, okay, well, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was weird, random side note, but uh, I, yeah, I'll put that all in the, the links and yeah, thanks for being on and I'm happy we got to meet and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon here. Rusty, you're awesome. I appreciate what you're up to. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. All right, that's Jeffrey Davis, yo, yo. Uh, thank you so much for listening here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Rusty Diamond. And the show is sponsored by the Quantum, or it's on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, uh, sponsored by Stone Reach Production, sponsored by Hardcore Entertainment, sponsored by Hypnosis is Great, sponsored by Fred Ben Savage's Buck, and I believe that's it. So I'm going to have to keep looking at my notes. I should just have all the sponsors written down, but it's more fun to try to remember them anyway. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. If you're here, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. If you want to watch this, you can check it out on. It's not going to be on YouTube because I'm banned on YouTube for a week for uploading. So check out Rumble TV or anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to it but you can watch it on rumble tv if you search the public access podcast and that is the show man boom It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?